You're listening to the I'd Rather Talk podcast. I'm going to share something a little personal here that you told me, and I got your permission earlier. So you said that as our friendship uh, started to gel and become strong, especially in these last um, maybe three or four years as you matured even more, you said uh, you filled in some gaps in in your craving for close male friendships and that this friendship helped complete what was you said missing pieces missing pieces in your soul i think if guys were real right now they they would say dude that's me i got some missing pieces i got some gaps uh in my friendships talk about that yeah i think that i said this a minute ago but as guys we want to know that we are respected by our peers by our spouses by our kids whoever and especially having another dude that we respect tell for you to tell me that you respect me that you value our friendship that meant the world to me it like i said it filled in what felt like we're we're missing pieces um in my soul hello guys what are you doing welcome to the i'd rather talk podcast my name is Mark Edward, and I'm the founder of I'dRatherTalk.com. That's an educational site for young men 18 to 30-something. And since 2014, I've been helping men find answers there on the 12 topics that guys ask me about the most over the last 36 years of mentoring. One of those topics is male friendships. Guys, let's face it, in the age of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, now TikTok, online gaming, uh, a lot of guys struggle at maintaining genuine face-to-face friendships, friendships that have depth and real meaning. So even now, more so than ever, at the time of this recording tonight, um, our nation is On a safer-at-home lockdown during this COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, and we can't even meet face-to-face. So, more than ever, guys, now is the perfect time to take our friendships up to a higher level, a more meaningful level. We really need each other. So, today, I'm really delighted to welcome my co-host, Christopher Michael Rudolph known to the rest of the world as Chris. Christopher's been in my circle since April of 2008. He was part of the, what we call the original Springfield circle. So while perhaps I did offer him mentoring in the areas of dating, uh, marriage, having a healthy sexual outlook on his life, and even mentoring even back then, um, now he's actively mentoring. I'd say perhaps the area where we have journeyed together most closely is modeling male friendships and talking about how to have healthy lifetime friendships. So back in episode two, as you might remember, Mirzo Islam and I hit on the three planes of authentic male friendships. That's a great episode, by the way, but today Chris and I are going to hit friendships from perhaps a different angle. Guys, today you're going to hear about things like 
how friendships change during Chris's life from his 20s to his 30s, how they changed after high school and particularly after college. We're going to talk about going from getting in your friendships to giving in your friendships, how our words in friendships matter, how fearing rejection keeps us from nourishing real friendships, and how follow-up matters. It's a big deal, follow-up. We're going to talk about nourishing friendships of all ages. As you guys know, I'm a huge proponent of of that, having multi-generational friendships. We're going to talk about how gaps in the ages of your friendships really don't matter. Lifelong friendships with someone who's not like you. We're going to talk as well about how to nourish friendships after you're married. Guys, I don't want to give it all away, so let's jump right in. Here we go. Welcome, guys, and uh, we're going to have a great time together here. Joining me today, as I mentioned just a minute ago, is my third co-host, Christopher Michael Rudolph, known to the rest of the world as Chris. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here with you. I am glad you're here, young friend. And as always, I'm in Tampa Bay, and you are where? In Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, where Missouri. It is 60 and sunny. What? Okay. Finally. Well, we don't have you beat much today. It's only 68 here and sunny and windy uh, here on the island. So uh, I'm so glad you're here with me. We'll talk a little bit, uh, like I always do, try to kick off the podcast about how we met and uh, why we're friends for the last 12 years. Yeah, well, we met in 2008, which is hard to believe, on the um, platform we were both playing keyboard at the same church, and I was showing you around, here's where to find the music and stuff. And I think, I mean, we've talked many times about how we felt a connection and we did um, obviously the music connection that we both share but then there was something else to that um but then oddly enough we didn't actually start hanging out until three years later really yeah, that's right that's right I, and ironically over the phone because you'd moved away by that point <laughs> <laughs> that's right well it's hard to believe too like i i have distinct uh memories in my mind about that and i was playing some uh earth wind and fire chords one day there on the platform there was no congregation but it was just you know uh, musicians and you're like hey show me some of those and and i think i did but it's hard to believe you were 19 back then and in college and here you are let's see headed for 32 this year and uh married and just wow life has gone by in a good way so yeah yeah we can talk more about that probably during this podcast but one of my huge beliefs is that friendships can span age gaps and that intergenerational friendships really matter. It's great to have peers, of course, and friends your age. I've said this before, but the happiest guys in my circle have friendships on multiple levels. I know Mirazul and I talked about that uh, back in episode two, but your peers, your equals, so to speak. And then guys that are maybe older that have journeyed farther um, with you, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. And then, of course, uh, the plane behind those that, that you mentor. So we'll probably talk about that day today sometime. Man, I'm so glad to have you here after these 12 years of friendship. And um, it's, it's beyond words, really. Let's just jump in. And uh, the other thing I like to do 
is take a minute or two for uh, the guys that co-host with me to talk about your background. I think that's interesting to uh, other guys to know who they're listening to. So uh, even though I know you, like the back of my hand, tell these guys a little bit about, about Chris. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I live in Springfield, Missouri, um, and I grew up moving about every three years. My dad was a Marine, so we lived on both coast Japan. And then by the time I got to college, I had been to 40 states and visited five foreign countries, wow. which was, I didn't think anything of that until I got to college and I met people that hadn't been out of the state or, you know, <laughs> only one state over. Yeah, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah. man, okay, I guess that's unique. So <laughs> it's kind of a fun fact about me. Um, and I attended college in Springfield where I uh, met my wife, and then I always said I wouldn't get stuck in Springfield as if that was a bad thing. And then <laughs> here I am, twelve years later, yeah, I'm are. still yeah. here. You're like one of the last remaining guys <sighs> from the original Springfield circle. Which, again, that's not a bad thing. The only other guy there that was part of that circle is Joseph Patrick Bulger, and um, well. Kelly Brandon Flood and he wasn't in the the James River circle but yeah most guys have well half of them ended up in Nashville or more than that but I think it's cool that you're still there in Springfield and you know making a difference in that community there tell me a little bit about what you're doing now after after you graduated and of course you, you met Lauren you can certainly talk about that but uh, I think some guys would be interested to know that you're running your own business now and and what that's like as a as a 31 year old well it's certainly something i never uh expected to be doing i wasn't one of those guys who knew what he was going to do the rest of his life at five years old or whatever (laughs) um i started a side gig in 2013 i was working full-time at my alma mater as a video production guy in the marketing office and like a lot of people in the marketing industry, everyone's like, hey, do you do this on the side? Well, absolutely I do. Make some extra money, pay off some student loans. And so on October 31st, I just looked this up and you would appreciate this being a numbers dates guy. Give it to me. <laughs> I set up my uh, freelance Gmail account on October 31st, 2013. <laughs> I just That's looked really that up cool. yesterday, so I know that. But Dude, that's the same month I started I'd Rather Talk and my Gmail. That's awesome. Same month. So, then, so you took the, the leap later though, right? Yeah. Like you did a part-time. Five years later, almost to the date, November 1st, 2018, I decided to take the leap and go full-time freelance, as they say. Awesome. So now I own my own business and I have a handful of um, retainer clients, which is not the thing that you wear after you get braces it means <laughs> that so they have retained my services for a year's like time an attorney. so yeah kind of like an attorney Ooh, okay and then i have um last year i had 28 uh what i call walk-in clients just people needing something here and there uh so it's a busy life but it's fulfilling to help people tell their stories and market their business and hopefully grow their business so they can make more of an impact on the world. 
That's cool. And I mean, I love your work. I, I do. I've watched a lot of it. So at the end of the podcast, if there's a place where these guys can look at some of your work, um, I want to share that toward the end there. It, it's really amazing. It's professional. It's engaging. It's, it's crazy good. And I definitely want to talk about that uh, toward the end of the podcast there. So um, talk to me a little bit here before we jump into the friendship conversations. Um, kind of about your mentoring journey too. I know this podcast is not about mentoring specifically, but everybody knows that is my heart and passion and, and why I'd rather talk even exists. Um, you and Daniel Deal came to the my first mentoring summit last fall here on Davis Island. So uh, talk to me a little bit just for a second before we jump in there about your mentoring and, and how that's going as a 31-year-old. Uh. Again, I'm going to say I never thought of myself as being a mentor until I realized I I was in the middle of it and kind of realized that the plane was already at 30,000 feet. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm flying it. What? What's happening? And so when I was working uh, at my uh, university, I had a handful of work study students. At one point I had about 10 that I was supervising and I realized that we had a lot of in-between moments, not talking about work, not talking about their classwork, but we're talking about life and needing some advice or just a listening ear. And so, yeah, it was so cool just to realize that just by my proximity, by being there and being willing to listen, we ended up having deeper conversations about life. And so now, four or five years later, I'm still keeping those relationships going. There's probably about four or five guys that we talk consistently. So that's that's pretty awesome now that you have, uh, I think you said four or five guys that, you're, that you meet with or talk to. And that's a lot, yeah, especially for someone who's newly married and running, you know, their own business. So... I'm sure that you're finding it rewarding. I know you and I have talked about it, about, about it some. Knowing that these guys welcome my input and influence in their lives. They don't always say that, but when they do, it is super meaningful to know that I can maybe, maybe just be a listening ear, but maybe help them with a few things. Maybe I'm just a smidge further down the road than they are. And yeah, just yeah. offer some a smidge further. <laughs> a smidge further. Do you think it matters that they're twenty five and you're thirty one, so just six years difference or whatever the age? I've just picked that number out of the hat. How much does that matter, really? It matters less than I ever thought it would. Yeah. 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 So I happen to know, and I'm not going to mention names, of course, that you're helping someone who's older than you too. Yeah. And that's a, that was kind of a surprise. And I've heard people say you included that uh, mentoring has a lot less to do with age than anyone would think. Absolutely. And I didn't get that until I found myself mentoring someone who's two years older than I am. And I'm really just there. I mean, as you say, mentoring is all about listening and asking good questions and, and follow up and yeah. That's awesome. I happen to know too that that relationship it has been long term, but even in terms of you mentoring that young man, it's been over the course of time. Like 
over what five or six years where trust had to be earned by you where his walls had to come down there was some anxiety there some fear and you guys already knew each other for a long time but in order for you to really make a difference those walls had to come down where there was genuine authentic trust i think you took a, you know a couple trips together that type of thing again protect that person's privacy obviously but at some point those layers came off where there was an authentic uh, relationship between the two of you besides friendship where you were able to to mentor and and help share like you said a smidge farther even though you're younger which is awesome so man today though we're going to talk about friendships and we'll jump in here uh, I'd kind of like to start uh, back, actually kind of back at the point where we met you were in college and 19 headed for 20 so um Talk to me about how friendships were back then, because I have a significant number of guys who follow. I'd rather talk that are net gens. They're born in 96 after. I, I just met, had lunch with a guy here that's 20 recently. So, man, those guys are born in 2000. Uh, talk to me about way back there in what would that have been for you, 2008 when you were 20, how friendships were back then and how it's progressed. Well, um as a 20-something guy, I mean, we all want to know at some point, one of the biggest questions we have to ask or answer is, do we fit in? Uh, is there a place for us? Does our life matter? Does Do we have what it takes? And so I think thinking back to them, I approached friendships way differently than I do now. Um, I A lot of that I just had built-in friends. I mean, you go to school, you go to high school, you go to college, you go to some of the same classes, you live on the same dorm. Okay, built-in yeah. friends. Yeah, and I thought, you know, these this is great. I'm I'm able to, um, uh, you know, hang out and 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 make friends with people, and I'm gonna know these people the rest of my life, whatever. And I graduated in my friend circle literally vaporized overnight i'm like i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay in the same city i'll I'll know people well i knew people but they lived on the other side of town or whatever and because we didn't have that built in um like the mechanics of life like i go to class at nine o'clock with this person yeah um and i like i said i thought some of my friends in college i'd still be friends with today which is true but there's a lot of them that i haven't talked to in eight years <laughs> and I bet you didn't expect no that. I didn't I, I definitely didn't expect that and I'm not sure that that's a bad thing I think some of that's just life and you kind of there's a rhythm to life that I don't really understand but it happens and some people I haven't talked to for five years and then just pick back up recently and I guess I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting that. And that was a, um, a challenging journey to kind of walk through. You're not the first young man that's told me that, you know, that their college relationships that they thought would last forever disappeared. And of course there's probably some that you have that have lasted that you're still friends with, but a lot of them don't. You go your own way. Yeah. I think I also, in college, 
I approached friendships thinking more about what I would be getting out of them more than me giving something to that relationship. And, you know, that's sounds selfish to spell it out like that, but (laughs) I think that's human nature. Yeah. Yeah, It's human nature and it's just true. As I have, um, hopefully matured but as i've gotten older i realized that the more that i give to a relationship the more i get out of it um yeah and i think i didn't realize that my words carried as much value as they do and i didn't know that my presence is as meaningful as it is to my friends wow say that again say those two things again i didn't know that my words carried as much value as they did, as they do. And I didn't know that my presence was as meaningful as it is to my friends. And so when I'm going into a friendship to go hang out Friday night, some, you know, over the weekend, and I'm expecting to get something, sure, that's part of it. But if I'm going into that to give something to the relationship, man, that just changes the whole equation. Then if I get something, that's a bonus. But I'm able to give to that person, not like I'm better than them or that I have a little bit better handle on life, but I have a unique perspective that I can offer them and it's meaningful. Well, I think that's just part of maturing. That's awesome that you're able to articulate that. So talk to me then about um, how that's changed. You're not just looking to get, but how as you've matured and hit your 30s, how you're approaching friendships now. I guess I was thinking about even about your 30th birthday and what uh, Lauren did for you and how that panned out. Yeah, that's um, a good point to bring up. That's kind of a, a pivotal moment in my life. I think I even realized it as it was happening So a couple of years ago, I turned 30 and my wife gave me one of the most meaningful gifts that anyone's ever given me. And she contacted 60 or close to 60 friends and acquaintances and had them write something about me, whether it was a memory or um, something dumb, funny inside joke that we had. But I sat there, of course, being the person that I am, I rationed out the cards. So I only read like one or two a day so I could stretch it out for a month. But I was just really shocked by some of the words that people had written. Um, I'm thinking of one of them, a friend of mine in college wrote about some times that we had just, we were just hanging out. We were talking together. We were listening to music. We were, um, you know, whatever you do in college, just hanging out in each other's rooms. Hang out. And he referenced some of the conversations that we had. Some of them were like super deep theological conversations. And then other ones were about, oh, did you hear that bass line in that song as musicians like to talk about? And I'm like, you remember that from 10 years ago? How is that even possible? And he said that (laughs) those conversations were like monumental conversations in the way that he approaches his life. I had no, like I said, I had no idea that I was giving something to the people around me. That's somebody you roomed with a lot, if I remember right, like um, 
someone you spent a significant amount of time yeah and i didn't realize that until the um until that when i was that birthday when i'm reading through all these cards cards and letters so eight years later yeah i think that really changed how i viewed my friendships because so many people said i'm thinking of another guy that wrote something my my college roommate um that we roomed together for two years and he said you know we may not talk all the time but when we do i know we're going to pick up right where we left off and i'm so thankful for your friendship for your input i know that we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives and i'm like really you think that that's amazing never verbalized it to you until that yeah, time which i think brings up a really so important point the people that i know that have been vulnerable enough to say that to make that first move to say i appreciate yeah. i value your friendship man that just it means the world and now i go into friendships thinking how can i do that for them which is why don't we do that or, or we do, you and I do, but why don't guys do that as a whole? Well, you say, that's kind of you to say that I do that. I, yeah, you do. Um, I think, I mean, I think as guys, we want to know that we're um, respected. We want to know that we have what it takes. It's difficult for me, I think, to do, to give that to somebody else when I don't feel that in my own life. So probably sense of insecurity. Mm. Yeah, insecurity. And we don't want to be rejected. Like, what if I said to you, wow, Chris, I, I've enjoyed your friendship so much. I'd like to talk regularly, but you didn't. Like, then, then I would feel that rejection. Yeah, that the feeling isn't mutual. Yeah. But honestly, I think that most guys know that men have these uh, feelers they put out and antennas that goes up just like a woman. I know most guys won't admit it, but, but it's true. We're as careful in our friendships as a as a female would be. We don't want to be rejected. We want to know that our buddy is feels the same way about us and is going to want to be in each other's lives. Yeah, that is true. So you're saying that as you matured and got through your 20s and even like you and your your college friends there on your 30th birthday, it was a whole different approach and a whole different meaning. So that's actually was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is as you went through your twenties, how did your friendships improve? And you, you kind of answered that a little bit. When did they improved? Um, talk to me about that, like how that a little bit more about that, how that change happened. Yeah. I think I realized when I was, reading that note from my old roommate that we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives. It's more about quality than quantity. So we don't talk all that often, but when we do, we have really good conversations. I actually, you talked about listening. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I still, no, that's that's fine. I, I just saw him this morning. Actually, it's ironic. Um, And I knew I, we probably haven't talked in a year, but we sat down and of course we're feeling nostalgic because we're right next to where we went to school and everything. Oh, yeah, just this morning. Oh, oh, cool. All right. And Good. so, but we sat down and it was, I mean, seriously, it's like we picked up right where we left off. We just hit pause and then we're just going to continue. <laughs> Didn't take any warming up or anything, but it's about bringing that that quality um, 
into the conversations, into the friendship, um, which kind of goes back to the point I was making earlier, just about um, about speaking how I feel about this friendship. I really yeah. value this. This is meaningful to me. Thank you yeah. for taking the time. Um, yeah. I think you've gotten really good at that. I mean, even obviously I referred to our friendship, but in terms of the way we text and what we express to each other, we've actually written notes we've written in each other's journals. Um, so that fear is gone. Like we trust each other to hand over a journal and say, Hey, tell me how you feel and, and write. I think that's huge. And I actually think that pretty much every young man on the planet would crave that and want that type of, of friendship. Yeah. I think I'd agree with you. I think something else that I've come to learn or maybe I've just grown into is that, listening is so important that's going to sound cliche duh of course you're supposed to listen in a friendship but like really listening like listening between the lines listening um and we were talking earlier before we started recording here i remember talking to a friend who's a musician and kind of trying to make his mark in the world and it's a struggle because you've got to pay the bills and you've got to create something that's unique and get judged by um, people listening on their iPhones and thinking they know how to yeah. do everything. And, you know, we're talking about career and music and all that. And, but what I was hearing beneath the surface was, I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know if I'm good enough in the music world. I don't know that I have the confidence I need. That's what he, That's was, what saying. he was saying. Yeah. I kind of heard that below the surface and I was able to, because I was paying attention to that, to kind of respond to that and say, nope, you do, because you're still one of my favorite musicians after, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like I have a pretty eclectic musical uh, taste, but yeah, yeah just listening yeah, like that and do. being able to speak <laughs> into that, he wasn't saying that, I was just, I kind of was picking up on that between the lines, like I said, and, and I know awesome. when people have done that. That sounds like a podcast, between, between the, the lines, lines. episode one. <laughs> dot <laughs> com listening between the lines yeah i actually did one that the windy one remember yeah, the go. first podcast i sent you where the wind was blowing and i was talking about listening between the lines and you're like dude keep it yes it's authentic keep the so, wind. that's awesome so what i'm hearing you say is as you matured and as you've grown into your 30s and your friendships that you actually took steps to improve it like you were another cliche word here, but you were intentional in improving your friendship. So talk to me about like investing time and actually showing genuine care. Yeah. I don't think that I was, I wanted to be intentional in my twenties. I think I was, I changed and actually started being intentional in my thirties. Um, I was, I just did a trip up to Des Moines uh, which is about a six hour drive. And I was able to ride with another guy for half of that time. And I was just being me and I'm asking questions and I'm trying to think about put myself in, in his shoes. And he's has a daughter who's starting to drive and um, he's looking for a new job. And so I started asking him questions about, so yeah, you're applying to all these different places. What is that feel like to have to brush off the resume and start from scratch or how, what does it feel like to that your daughter 
that you remember as being two years old is now driving and out late at night. And (laughs) yeah. So, you know, I'm asking him questions like that. And afterwards he said, thank you so much for your friendship. You know, we're, and this is someone that's older than you then not, not what you would say is within your age span. Right. And I think just because I, I took the time and, and like you said a minute ago, cared about what he cares about. Um, that meant the world to him. And he texted me after that trip and said, thanks so much for being a good friend. I know we're just essentially coworkers, but wow. um, we're really good friends too. Thanks for that. So I didn't realize it was a coworker. That's pretty awesome. So you were able to have share friendship outside of the job experience, like you talked earlier. Outside, yeah, that's cool. Because life is about is less about work and is more about the friendships, the relationships that you make along the way. And it, oh man, yeah. So you you took the initiative then without even realizing it. If if I'm hearing what you're saying, you're talking you're telling me that it's more natural or maybe you're better at it or you yield to it more than you yeah, used to. Yeah. I think all of those I'm, I'm more That's willing cool. to go there now with people. That's good. Well, you're more confident in who you are and uh, that, that makes a big difference to your, your confidence level has, you know, gosh, like every dude skyrocketed at your different person in those terms than you were, uh, Twelve years ago. So, talk to me a little bit about along those same lines. So, this was somebody that was older than you. I think you said to me once last year, "Age doesn't matter," because we were talking about what I was doing when you were born. I was twenty-five years old, and you know, so we always have that age span difference. But I think you said to me that you realized for the first time that age doesn't matter. So, yeah, I think their age has a lot less to do with friendship than I realized. Um, And I'm realizing that even more um, with each year that I live. Um, I think what's really changed recently for me is that I'm aware that I can be friends with people that are older than me or maybe just further down the road than me. Yeah. And not only can I be friends with them, like I can receive something from them. I can be actively intentionally be f- a friend back to them yes. because I can add value, even though I'm not as experienced or maybe as wise in certain areas as they are, but I've got a unique experience, a unique perspective that I can add to their life. Man, you do. And I think you do. realizing that has really changed how I view friendships on that third plane, the yeah. the plane of people ahead of you in life that, I can actively be involved and engaged in that friendship. That's awesome. The plane ahead. Well, man, that that's so true. Like I, I've learned so much from you and I, I tell many guys this that I've journeyed with. I learn from you guys all the time. Some, some people say that Paul and Timothy were 12 years apart. I don't know, but maybe at the beginning, you know, Paul did mentor Timothy some, there's no question about that, but towards the end of their relationship as Timothy matured and Paul aged. Paul's like, hey, dude, I need you. Bring my scroll. Bring my cloak. I, I need your help. And I think that is a healthy realization is for young men to say, hey, I do have something to offer. You know, sometimes a 20-something will say something to me that strikes an arrow in my soul. 
and I tell them, I want them to know, hey, that meant a lot what you just said. So, yeah, it has a lot less to do with age than I thought. I used to think like I'll be, I'll be friends with people that are older than me. I always have been able to bridge that gap, but it felt like a kind of a a two way street, if you will, um, because you were able to give me things that. Um, I felt like we're, we're, we're missing. And I felt that more recently as I've felt more confident in myself, um, I felt like I can be a friend back to people who are, um, maybe older than me, further down the road than me. Um, and just be a listening, non-judgmental ear, um, talk about, stuff and try to put myself in in their shoes um and as i do that helps me that's helped me really um i guess mature i think to think about outside my own my own mind and my own little life that i have well what is this guy thinking what is he feeling what is he um what is he needing in a friend right now Listening to the I'd Rather Talk podcast. I'm going to share something a little personal here that you told me, and I got your permission earlier. So, you said that as our friendship uh, started to gel and become strong, especially in these last um, maybe three or four years as you matured even more, you said uh, you filled in some gaps in in your craving for close male friendships. And that this friendship helped complete what was, you said, missing pieces, missing pieces in your soul. I think if guys were real right now, they would, they would say, dude, that's me. I got some missing pieces. I got some gaps uh, in my friendships. Talk about that. Yeah, I think that I said this a minute ago, but as guys, we want to know that we are respected by our peers by our spouses, by our kids, whoever. And especially having another dude that we respect tell for you to tell me that you respect me, that you value our friendship, that meant the world to me. It like I said, it filled in what felt like we're we're missing pieces um in my soul. So Chris, yeah, I think I think a lot of young men are in that same boat that you were in your 20s. They have some level 1 or level 2 friendships or buddies, you know, hanging out together. I think you said that earlier, but no real level 5. By level 5, I just mean close, authentic, intimate, not intimate sexually, but intimate, a safe place where you can say what you need to say type of friendship. They don't, they don't have an inner circle. They don't know what that is in the age of Snapchat, let alone a, a lifelong inner circle. Talk to me about what your friend, what your friend Dan shared with you. Yeah, that's a really fascinating story. It's sad. Um, he was friends with a guy 
And the guy was always super encouraging and would compliment people and be affirm them when they had done something well. And he asked him one day, my friend Dan says, what, why do you do that? I, I mean, I appreciate it, but I kind of want to know the story behind that. And the guy said, well, when I was uh, really young, I got married and we decided to be missionaries. And so we did the training and went over to um, this foreign country and they hadn't been there very long. And his wife got sick and oh, died. Oh, wow. And, you know, they had just gotten married. Their life was so much life ahead of them. And he realized that the very first time that he had given her flowers was on her grave. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa, man. You just made my and, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty uh, intense story. But the point is, the guy said, I decided then and there that I would give flowers to people while they're still alive. And some of that is physical flowers that you can give somebody, but a lot of that is just with your words and noticing and appreciating. And your so words, my friend, yeah. my wow. friend Dan will do that. And he's so good about that as you are, Mark, um, just following up and saying, Hey, I really appreciate your friendship. Just the other day he emailed me and said, you know, I was just kind of thinking about my life and the <laughs> blessings in my life. And one of those is you. And I just wanted to say, Thanks for, thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being. Dude, that, that stuff means a lot. You've done that for me. I've done that for you. Some of my guys who are farther in their journey, I was just thinking about Mirazol there. I know I mentioned him earlier, but it wasn't long ago. He sent me a text and it started with Mark Edward exclamation point. And then I won't share all of that because it was between us, but he was just saying, you know, thanks for being in my life. Thanks for caring. Thanks for listening. And, yeah, that meant a lot to me. Like, I know I'm farther in my journey and supposedly I'm more mature, mature but receiving a text like that, you and I have talked about how uh, when we've written something in terms of friendship, we'll go back and read it again. I'm not ashamed to say that. Like, when you gave me a journal and wrote in it, dude, I've gone back and read that multiple times. Why do I do that? Because I know it's authentic and real and it affirms what we share between us so many many guys do not have that but i think they can and i think they will tell me you mentioned something there about follow-up um talk about that in terms of friendship or mentoring either one well i've learned follow-up from the best uh that would be you (laughs) (laughs) i'm big on it for sure go ahead oh man the importance of follow-up and friendships follow-up 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 it's so important um, I How's think that I've, look? Like, what's it look like? Well, I think I've told you before just the impact of that. It it uh, validates the experience that we had. So we hung out on the phone last night, or we um, went to dinner, or grabbed a coffee, or something, and then you follow up the next day and say, "Hey, thanks for hanging out. I appreciated this, this, and this. Thanks for your friendship." That just means that experience was real. I didn't dream that up. It reminds me, it solidifies that in my mind. And you've done that so many times. um, And it's meant the world to me. I think I've started doing that just recently. And you followed up with me. It meant, it meant something to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Usually it's the next day I send a a text out like you do. Um, And if any of you know Mark, which you probably do if you're listening to this podcast, you know Mark and his follow-up text. Pretty much. the world, doesn't it? About 90% of the time you're going to get one, yeah. Yeah. So just the, like, hey, it was good seeing you. It doesn't have to be complicated or long. It can be. Um, Yeah. I have uh, my cousin actually is going through um, kind of a messy divorce and... I just, wow. I knew that I needed to be, I, I wanted to be there for him. And so we went and watched a movie and then we caught lunch a couple of weeks later and I texted him something that you've texted me, Mark, um, that I think he has what it takes and I think he's going to get through this and we're going to get through it together. Every man's longing to hear he, those words. He yeah. doesn't have to go this alone. This is a real sucky time in his life, but <laughs> if we do it together, it'll be better. And he replied immediately and said, thank you for being a friend during this time. And if I hadn't followed up, he wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that to him. I, he wouldn't have known that. I. That's just, it's just so, it's so critical in a meaningful friendship Um, And I was thinking about it, and I think that follow-up is really the difference between acquaintances and friendship. Man, say that again. Uh, (laughs) I think follow-up is the difference between an acquaintance and a friendship. And that's a jewel right there. That's awesome. Acquaintances, yeah, we may see each other, whatever, but we go on with our day and we may forget about that. But if you follow up with someone and say, I appreciated seeing you. Thanks for yeah. talking. Thanks for the conversation. That That's something different. That takes it to a different yeah. level. That's right. So you, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You and I are both alike in so many areas. I know we're different Enneagrams, but we've always joked about how God made us from the same piece of clay, SPOC, even though we're 25 years apart um, we're both super detailed so some guys that are listening are not uh, detailed and that's fine they have other gifts so tell me about ways that young men can follow up what what can you use to to help with follow-up if you're not good at it um, I heard someone speaking a couple of years back and they talked about the acronym HALT H-A-L-T that oh, go ahead. psychologists say stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and that we're our weakest, our most vulnerable when we're one of those four. And I think, Man. Mark, you and I have talked about the worst of those are lonely and tired. <laughs> yeah. One of those that's, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. They're, they're physical, they're emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember I was thinking about that and. I can feel just a small, tiny little, doesn't have to be big, but tiny little twinge of loneliness every now and then. Right now I work for myself. And so I'm at home a lot by myself, or I'll even be out at a coffee shop, but I'm by myself. And I was driving home one day and I had just left a meeting and everyone was going to their very important lives and everything. And I'm going home to no office, no coworkers. And it's not like, I'm not, this isn't a sob story, but I was just feeling that like little tiny, it's different. It's like loneliness. When you work at home. And yeah. instead of just letting that kind of simmer there below the surface, I called a friend and he happened wow. to answer, which he doesn't always do. And I was like, the stars have aligned. This is amazing. 
<laughs> and we just talked for a little bit. I didn't tell him I was feeling lonely. I didn't want to be weird about anything. Not that he would have thought that was weird, but we caught up and, you know, hey, have a good day. That conversation, that five minute conversation pulled me out of that feeling of the rest of my day is going to go down the drain and it's going to feel wow. a little weird. Yeah, it made a huge difference. Five minutes. Yep. So even after 12 years of knowing you, like there's times I'll think of you and I'll think about calling and then I'm like, oh man, he owns his own business. He's a young married man. He's busy. You know, he won't have time. I'll be a pain in his butt if I call. Like, I think we all have those thoughts, but I know, like, I know it's not true. The moment I I call or we connect, like you said earlier, we just pick up where we left off. It can be five minutes, but usually it ends up being a, you know, a long call where we talk about real stuff and authentic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think anytime that you have called me, I've been thankful that you had, or sometimes I can't pick up right then, but just knowing that you were thinking about me. Yeah, that counts. That really does count. Yeah. You actually uh, told me about this app. It's called Fabric. Fabric with F-A-B-R-I-Q. And that's right. It has a couple different um, circles, an inner circle, uh, a circle, and then an outer circle. And you can customize it to remind you to follow up with someone say, Hey, you haven't talked to them in a month. Did you maybe want to follow up with them? And it'll even suggest, why don't you ask them about this? Ask them about, yeah. you can put notes that are private. Yeah. You can put notes in there about things that are meaningful to them, their um, favorite sports team or their birthday or their um, kids' birthdays, something like that. So that you can follow up with them And in the busy world that we live in, I will take all the help I can get because I forget what yeah. I had for breakfast this morning, let alone <laughs> my friend's birthday. I don't want, you know, and I want to. And so that helps me kind of, that's a cheat sheet sort of. That's good. No, I'm all for that. And I, that is a great app, by the way. I use Google Calendar some. So for an example, for example, I had uh, someone in my circle that, lost a loved one that was really close and I put that on my calendar to remind me the next year now I might remember on my own because my brain is stupid crazy wired like that not stupid but crazy in that in those terms but if I did forget it would remind me to say hey just thinking about you I know you lost your dad a year ago you know I know he's looking down from heaven he's proud of you some something that would let that person know they're not alone so I think that's cool that you you've grown so much in that area and using those reminders. So guys, let's let's recap on that. Make a list, use calendar reminders, try out Fabric. That that is a really cool app. F A B R I Q. So I know you've been married now, let's see. Let me think. Is it be eight years this year? Uh wait. Seven uh, years? It'll be seven years. See. Oh, 2013. Sorry. I don't even know. Dang it. I hate it that I missed that. Well, if you don't know, then I don't feel bad. <laughs> Isn't it July of 13? Yeah, then? July seven of 13. Years. Seven okay. years. Coming up on the magic seven, anyhow. So talk to me a little bit here before we close it out about healthy male friendships in terms of being a married young man. Do you think they enhance your marriage? How do you find time for them? Like, tell me how that works in, in having male friendships as a married young man? Well, I'm an introvert, so I'm not a 
out with the guys every other night kind of um, kind of guy. But um, I do spend time with my friends and one-on-one. And I find that this might sound a little funny, but think about it. The time that I spend away from my wife makes the time that I have with her more meaningful because I come back and being with good friends, being with close friends, they reinforce that sense of confidence that, yeah, I'm on the right track. I'm doing okay. And I know that they respect me and that they, they value my friendship. I'm able to come back to my wife and operate from that new place of reinforced, renewed confidence and I love how you said that. Go it ahead. makes it, it awesome. makes a difference. Friendship is what makes life interesting. We're not robots. Mm. We weren't designed to run on a program, uh, eat, sleep, rinse, and repeat. It it brings value to our relationship. Those friendships aren't yeah. coming in between the two of us, but no. they're adding on to. And they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah they they're shouldn't. adding value to our friendship, our relationship. That's cool. Man, that was so good. I love how you said that. I was thinking about how when uh, you and Daniel were down here for the Mentor Summit, you know, we were here, what, three days, three nights, almost four days. And that's a lot of time away from our spouse. But I think all three of us went back empowered and feeling confident, having rubbed shoulders, iron sharpens iron. We learned from each other. We had a lot of fun. You just go back, like you said, more confident and stronger. And I think it Many guys are not doing that, and they should be. It's going to enhance their marriage. So maybe it's not as important as I think it is. But I, I want well, some men to know that they don't. It doesn't. They don't have to be friends with somebody who's their mere image. I've learned to appreciate the differences because they're able to do things, some things easier than I can, and vice Man, versa. That's good. Yeah, that's so we good. can rely on our rely on each other. And you're not intimidated by that like you might have been in your 20s. You take it as, right. a, as a positive thing that you're different. That's how right. I feel like when Daniel and I hang out, you know, we're, we're different in a lot of things, but we complement each other so much. And the same with our marriage with Jamie and I. We have the same values and morally the same, but we're different. We think different. So I think it's important for young men to realize, hey, I don't have to be my best buddy doesn't have to be somebody that's exactly like me. In fact, it's probably better if it's right. not. So, so Chris, it's been, man, it's been so awesome to talk together today. I've been looking forward to it, talking about friendship together and thinking even in terms of the 12 years that you and I have shared and how, how, how that has grown, how tight it is now. It just means a lot uh, to me to have you here with me. I always like to wrap it up here and do what I call let's make it real and just kind of summing up this podcast in one or two sentences. Uh, I think earlier you said you wanted to one up Daniel, who was my previous co-host. So, Hey, I'll give you three sentences or a little (laughs) bit more, but talk to me about just summing up this, our thoughts here together today about, about male friendship. Well, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer to to start this off. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> which is an inside joke between you and me. Disclaimer. We're, we're always giving disclaimers. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I, I don't want to come across as some know-it-all or like I'm, I'm better than anyone that's listening to this. These are just some thoughts that I've collected over my life. And if they're helpful to you, awesome. Um, mm. 
So there you go. Disclaimer. Um, <laughs> but I think the main point about friendships that I've learned is that we're not uh, these programmed creatures, eat, sleep, um, rinse and repeat. Yeah. We are relational beings and uh, they take time. But I think friendships are way more valuable than the extra hours that you could work or something mm -hmm. that you could buy. Um, and I think I tend to want to overcomplicate things and think, Oh, it's gotta be this fancy thing. We got to go do go <laughs> skydiving or whatever, but really friendships are based on shared experience. And if you get, have a collection of those over months, years, 10 years, then you've got, a valuable treasure trove there to um, just be able to appreciate each other and, yeah. you know, remember back the funny times, the sad times, all of that wrapped up together. There's nothing That's more awesome. valuable than that. Yeah. Shared experience. Do you think it's possible to, to have friends for a lifetime at 31? I absolutely do. Back to that um, birthday gift my wife gave me. My friend wrote in there, I know we're going to be friends for life. And to hear another guy say that to me yeah, just meant the world to me. And now I know we're on solid footing with that friendship. I, there's, yeah. I can't imagine something that would come between us to break yeah. that up. Well, I know you and I feel the same way, too. We consider ourselves to be um, lifelong friends. And I don't think most guys even know what that is. So hopefully in your life and my life and guys we come in contact with not only in those podcasts but in our communities and where where we hang out with guys we can pass that on and forward it on man thank you so much for taking this hour to to be with me and uh to talk about friendship i appreciate you and and uh count you very close to my soul thank you so much man thanks so much for having me mark it's been an honor I know besides being auditory, many young men are visual, and you might be a visual learner, and you like to read for yourself. So for related reading today, normally I encourage guys to go over to I'dRatherTalk.com. There's a lot of helpful posts there that we've written over the years. I was thinking about what we talked about on episode two, the three authentic planes of male friendship. So you can definitely check that out. But today, I want to go a different direction. I want to direct you to the Bible, uh, the Word of God. Yes, you know that uh, that black or brown thing where the pages are stuck together with dust, uh, suffocating under other books and car magazines on your dresser. Just joking about the dust, kind of, but seriously, though, uh, no worries if you don't have one. Uh, you can use the free Uversion app, a Uversion Bible app on your Android or Apple phone. Check out the NASB, that's the New American Standard Bible, for the following two passages, short and easy. Check out 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. And. Check out 2 Samuel 1.26. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or not. I want to ask you to look at these passages because these 
are one of the best examples, or these two passages are one of the best examples of lifelong male friendships. And honestly, guys, I've used this as a model in my closest friendships since 1983. And it works. Check it out. And lastly here, guys, if you've read my post at I'd Rather Talk, you know that I usually end my post with a closing question, something to take away for action. And I do this on the podcast as well. My takeaway question for you guys today is simply this. What action can you take today to nourish a friendship that you want to be a lifetime friendship? What action can you take today to nourish a friendship that you want or hope will be a lifetime friendship? Guys, don't wait. Execute that action today. So guys, I'm about to close with my normal uh, wrap-up and outro, but after that, you might want to stick around for a minute. I'm going to sneak in a little behind-the-scenes clip at the very end, and I think you'll probably laugh uh, with Chris and myself. So for today, that is a wrap on Episode 5, talking about how to nourish lifetime male friendships. I definitely want to thank my special guest and co-host, Christopher Michael Rudolph. Guys, maybe you have struggled retaining lifetime friendships. It is never, never too late to take your friendships to the next level. Don't stop. Try again. Keep after it. What Chris has talked about today, guys, these are learned behaviors. You can start today. If you'd like to learn more about me and why I mentor, why I'd Rather Talk even exists, definitely check out I'dRatherTalk.com. If you go there, guys, you'll find wisdom and life hacks for young men on the 12 topics that guys ask me about the most. Leadership, mentoring, finding your destiny, thought life, Uh, setting boundaries. We talk about friendships like we did today, dating, sexuality, number one questions I get asked, definitely on that topic. We talk about marriage, parenting, handling your money, budgeting, and, and last, of course, but not least ever, your sonship with God. This podcast is a production of I'd Rather Talk. And it's recorded via Anchor.fm Software, a Spotify company. And I'm Mark Edward. Of course, you can follow me if you want to on the social medias, social meds, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the podcast platform that you're listening on today. There's eight others besides this one. Check us out on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and four other platforms, including Anchor. Again, that's the platform and software we use to distribute this podcast out to you today. So I'm sure I'll say it until the last episode, guys. I don't need more followers for my ego. I don't care about likes. I definitely don't tweet 17 times a day. 
It is not about me. What I do need to keep doing, though, and I've said it before, is what I was meant to do until my last breath. And that is to help you find answers, to help you young men enhance and advance your legacy as a young man. Now more than ever, gentlemen, as always, I'm for you 100%, and I hope we can stick together until you're old, and I am really old. Let's talk soon, guys. Dude, you're not off the hook. I already told Daniel I got your guys' commitment to uh, talk about porn and those victories down the road. Oh, that's not for a little bit. I know. Cameron... Uh, Major Hubbard is going to talk about life balance in the military. That'll be and a good He's one. got a lot to say about that. Yeah. yeah, that's in September. Then October is the M word, and so far nobody's agreed to co-host with me, so <laughs> I might have to go solo, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> You're already there. Like, who wants to be balls out and talk about that where anybody in the world can hear it, right? But I, I'll go there because uh, once I wrote about it, like, uh, I'm a lot more comfortable. So hmm. that was, what, seven years ago when that first post came out. So yeah, I'll let you go, young friend. Thank you for three hours. I appreciate you and love you so much. And I hope your weekend's good. And I'll catch you soon. Thank you. This was fun. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much doing it. It means a lot to me. I'll catch you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. You've been listening to the I'd Rather Talk podcast. 